Welcome back, Kofkin Bond listeners. Episode 91, and unfortunately it's just Tony and I today, but we'll push through, Tony. No Why special guests. <laughs> I don't. Got Will Adner, and you ignore him for the last 91 episodes. You've just ignored him. Well, we just there. don't have a guest sitting next to you. But look, we'll push on, just you and I. But we've got a great topic today, um, talking about personalisation and, and the way that we personalise, I guess, goals, plans, um, and a client's journey within Kofkin Bond. So we'll start with the start of the journey. The goals, and this is something I think that's important because some, often people don't know their goals um, and sometimes they link it back to what they've heard their friends say or what they think they should be setting as their goals sometimes. Um, and it's your job, I guess, to get a deeper understanding of what they're actually thinking and feeling. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a goal can be a big, hairy, audacious goal, as Jim Collins would say, um, but it also has to be broken down into micro goals to be achievable. So... You know, and the example I give is weight loss because everyone, including three people in this room, is currently on a weight loss kick <laughs> at the moment. So <laughs> you, you knew me. <laughs> that's right. So it's that. Um, but the the basis of it is you can say, okay, I want to drop 10 kilos, but the expectation of dropping 10 kilos in the space of, you know, a week or going for a run and standing on the scales and say, well, that didn't work, that, that's, that just doesn't work. So when you actually have to have a goal, the goal has to be measurable, number one. So whether it's weight loss, whether it's fitness, whether it's spending more time with the family, uh, whether it's increasing revenue in the business, every subset of that actually has goals. So somebody will come to us and say, well, basically, you know, Tony, I want to make sure that I want to retire at this age and I and then I say, that's great. How much income do you want? I don't know. You know so, well, we've got 15 years to get there. So the first thing we actually have to work out is not how much money you need, is how much income do you want? And then secondly, do you have longevity in the family? You know, do you, you know, you, you'll, you'll have more longevity than him looking at you, both your lifestyles on the weekend on I Instagram. No, no one knows so, who he's pointing to either, so no. you can take it which way you feel. <laughs> That's right. So, but you answered so you know you're happy with the way I pointed. So it's, uh, but with that, I, like, I guess a great example for me will be like someone that's in my, my age group is, oh, I want to buy a house. Yes. Okay, you know, what price range? Whereabouts do you want the house? You know, when do you want it? I want it now. Okay, well, what are, what are the steps? And, and Your age group, seriously, want everything now. But also breaking it down, I think going backwards as well, is breaking it down, okay, like what are you willing to give up and what steps can we take to actually achieve That's that? That's exactly right. So let's, let's go... Can, I'll. I'll Right we'll back. come back to that if we yeah. can. Uh, so that's a really good... That's a great explanation and we can show some strategies we utilise for the you know the mid twenty year olds who have that plan in place as an example. Yeah, I'm nudging thirty. So I'm nudging thirty. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> right there. I was re- I was mean to him before talking about his you know lifestyle. So um, so let, let's look at um, I'll give you an example of long standing clients. We're in for a review. Uh, they've been clients for about four or five years. They're in for a review last week. Uh, Matt and Kerry, lovely couple, three young children, came to see us and said. Where are we? What do we do? Very successful, both of them. You know, good household income, uh, three kids in school, or, you know, all in primary school at the moment, I think. Yep, all in primary school at the moment. Um, work hard, bought a house, work hard, bought an investment property, got superannuation, etc. But they didn't, they didn't know where they were. They know they had these things, but they had no plan in place. And the most important part was, well, then what's the goal? So if we go back to the part of... What age do you want to retire? And Matt said age 59. And I said, that's fine. 
can we push it out to age 60 because it'll be more tax effective if we can wait a year? He didn't mind. Okay, so he's, he's got 15 odd years to go uh, before he's there. Kerry's a few years younger. So according to Matt, Kerry has to keep working for several years after he retires. <laughs> so it's, um, but the basis of it is, is that, okay, and he, and he said in the review, he said, Tony, can you explain to Kerry how I'm going to retire at age 59? And I said, okay, so the scenario is this, here's your position right now, here's the income you want in today's dollar figure at that, uh, at that amount. So basically that means you're gonna to have to be debt free by age 59. It means you're going to have, have X amount of assets producing you an income at age 59. And what is the net proceeds of that? So here's where we are right now. And if we just assume that you pay down this debt and this debt is repaid, guess what? At age 59, that's your principal and interest on your home loan. We also then have your superannuation fund. So we're going to take, you know, it'll be over the space in the next 15 years, there'll be about 350,000 or 400,000 taken off the capital on the property you own within that fund, but you've got all these other assets within there as well. Basically, what is then going to happen is you're going to downsize. You sell this house, we put this into here, uh, that's capital gains tax free, we pay off the debt here, you've now got $2 million worth of liquid assets, and that's going to provide you your income at 5% rate of return, $100,000 a year tax free for the rest of your lives. Realistically, at, you know, even if the even if your investment was to earn 7% one year and 3% the next year, you're going to have money for the rest of your lives. And you've got, still got all these other assets outside of super to be able to support the kids, which was another goal. You know, so you said, you know, I don't know if the, so as an example, Matt said, I don't know if they would like to be able to help the boys, don't know if I'd ever be able to afford to buy a place, you know, by the time they're 25. And the scenario is, is, you know, how could they afford it on the incomes you get? And I said, well, the income when you're 25 uh, is going to be far different than the income they're getting at 25. Yes, in flood prices will go up. But the fact is, is all those things are being covered and they're on track to achieving those goals. But it's also, okay, what happens right now if, Matt, if you fall off the perch, that's why you have this insurance in place. So God forbid that you don't reach age 59, Kerry and the boys are still looked after, the same goals are still achieved. So it's first of all understanding what is the goal, then what is the, so it's not how much money you're going to have. And I hate these ads on TV where they turn around and say, you need $1.5 million or you need $1 million to have a comfortable retirement what's comfortable retirement you know so for you know comfortable for you might be very uncomfortable for me so it's um i know you spend less than i do (laughs) it's uh but it's so the the basis of it is is that everyone is actually different and that's where it goes back to personalization yeah there's no cookie cutter approach there's no come and see the big fund manager and they'll make sure that you put nine and a half percent to their super and then you'll have this amount of money when you retire and that would be awesome but you won't speak to anyone for 20 years and they won't set up goals for you or anything like that. Yeah because as you said someone might be the age of 70 making good income and they want to retire to the country and they want to have a small and sustainable house they want to spend less money and they want to give money away to charity that's people's goals change um, in here Willard Pumpany says that that's that's his future goal so (laughs) you know that's that's where it changes in here and I think that's where you need to take the time to go through that um, and I've sat on obviously your meetings and things like that at Jamie if we, have a, if we have 100 clients or 15,000 clients everyone has individual goals 
we can't have it. We might have strategies that to some extent suit certain people over other people. So if you are 70 years old and your health is not that great, should you have all your money in superannuation if, the, if your dependents are you know, adult children? as an example so these are all the things things do change over time so although you might have these goals in place what happens if we suffer COVID-20 and wipes off a good chunk of your capital are you still on track to achieving your goals at age 59 yeah do those goals need to change correct that's exactly right so it's uh, does your risk profile have to change you know so it's um if you do take on more debt if you buy a bigger house as an example and take on more debt is that going to affect your goals at age 59? You know, so it's all of a sudden at age 59 you have debt rather than being debt free uh, or uh, principal and interest debt free. So, so based on that, that all changes. But then you've got the 25 year old and that conversation about retiring at age 60, as I've said numerous times, turn up to work, get your SG paid, you're gonna retire comfortably at, you know, at age 60 or 65, that's not an issue. As long as you stay employed, turn up to work, and nine and a half percent, ten percent, whatever they're going to change it to, if they ever do, goes into superannuation. That's going to be fine. That will work for you. Your retirement is set. Managing it accordingly, uh, you'll have a different risk profile, twenty-five, than what you'll have at sixty. Managing it accordingly and making sure that that is working for you is also vitally important. In safe investments. Yeah. <laughs> Not like when I say safe, you want to know what you're invested in. You don't want to be invested in what they call other. Yeah, other is a very broad term. So let's put it this way. If I if you came to see me and you said, Tony, I've got this $200,000 I want to invest in my super fund with you, where should you put it? And I say, I think you should invest it in the asset class called other. Yeah. <laughs> and so oh, that sounds good. <laughs> so where's that investor? I can't tell you. Because, you know, these wonderful big conglomerate funds don't tell you. They just, and we know where it's all invested. It's not in good stuff. So it's um, the... The scenario is that for that 25-year-old does want to save for that house, it might be a case of, as I've always said, saving money on a monthly basis is always hard. You know, people will spend it. But what lifestyle changes do you have to uh, make? And the best way of actually making those lifestyle changes is having to repay debt. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking good debt here, so in other words, investment debt. So if you've already accumulated, um, you know, $10,000 in savings, we can go and borrow 10000 against that and invest it, and you can pay that debt off, say, over three years, etc. So what's that going to do? So that's uh, basically, well, I saw one today that was 10000 over the space of seven years. It was $100 a month, uh, $25 a week, a couple of bucks a day. If you can't work out a budget to save a couple of dollars a day, then there's something desperately going wrong. You know, so it's um, so the basis of it then is that person has now twenty thousand dollars plus interest, might be thirty five thousand uh, dollars saved and accumulated there. Or you have the person who says, okay, that's really good, but rather than paying it off over three years, I can pay it off over a year. Fine, do it. But having that's for savings, repayment of debt for an investment purpose is for savings. Having a mortgage is for savings because you have to repay it. You know, so and people will always say, "Well, that money just comes out of my bank account every month, so I don't even think about it. I don't miss it, and it's just accumulates." I always say principal and interest, even though it's an investment debt here. But all of a sudden, that you know, twenty-five-year-old by the time they're twenty-eight could have accumulated fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars debt-free. There's a deposit, you know. So there's the um, new home buyers. So what is it like? 
purchase house less than 660,000, no stamp duty plus the first home buyer's grants, that yep. still happen. So it's, um, but the basis of it is, if you're not having to pay stamp duty, that, that $80,000, you've just paid, you know, 15% deposit on your house. Yep. Um, as well, and interest rates obviously quite low. So there's the incentive, but you can't just say, yeah, I'd like to buy a house in three years. Well, what's the strategy and goal that you're gonna to utilize to actually get to that mark in three years time? Then what is the strategy and goal after you buy that you, that you're going to utilize uh, to start paying down that non-deductible debt? Uh, so same scenario. You've, it's just that you now got a five hundred thousand dollar debt rather than ten thousand dollar debt. Same scenario. Pay off principal. Interest rates are low. Use that excess funds to pay down. But you have to know what that goal is. And so, but this is the personalized approach. It's it's the most important thing. And this this is where. I just think institutions got it so wrong. They were more worried about getting someone to sell a product rather than what's your goals, Jamie? What's yours and Jess's goals? What do you want to achieve? Here's the strategy we put in place to help you achieve it. Is that affordable to you guys? Can you can you afford to save $100 a month? Is that affordable? Um, or 200 or 500 whatever the case may be. Um, is your super on track to achieving that goal? You know, for you, it's a long time in the future. I'm not letting you retire until you're 85, you know that. So it's, uh, but it's a long time into the future. But when that actually does occur, um, you know, are you on track to achieving that? How is that monitored? Are you on track to achieving your goals year in, year out? You also don't beat yourself up if you're, quite, if you're not quite. So in other words, if there was an average year in the investment markets, um, and so that's not your constant 7% per annum because that will never happen. Yeah. But you usually find the following year is quite good. You know, so it's uh, you'll have what I call three years of normal consistency and within a five-year period, and don't, it's not the start and the end, you know, the, you have a bad year, three years of consistency and a good year. Um, and realistically, average over five years, it's always seems to be that consistent uh, growth from where things are. So first thing is, what's the goal? That's the personalised approach. No robo-advice can ever do that for you. No, and I think that's the important part. It's, it's actually drilling down. And as I've said, a lot of clients come in and they don't know what their goal is. Um, they're seeing a financial planner because they don't know what to do. Uh, they, they feel like they're getting some more money or they're worried about money or whatever the case may be. Um, and that initial conversation, I think, can really open people's eyes up to, to what do they want and what do they want to achieve. Exactly right. And as you say, it has to be personal. It's that personalised approach every single time. And I'll just, I'll just add to this as well. You're a parent. Uh, you're not, no, you're a parent. You're a successful business owner. Uh, and you have a couple of children. You want to start their, their off on life. We've had clients who do that as well. So they say, okay, I'm going to put this 50,000 investment for you and I'm going to make you uh, son or daughter borrow this 50 grand and you're going to repay that uh, 50 grand and you're going to repay that over three years because I'm not going to charge you board. Uh, so what I would have charged you board or what you would have paid in rent, that equivalent amount can go into savings. So then when I do kick you out of home in three years time, you've now got $150,000 invested to be able to go towards that first property as well. So a lot of our wealthier, more successful parents uh, do do that for their children as well. Their children at that stage are usually, you know, around 20, 22 years old, got their first job, you know, earning 50, 60, $70,000 a year, but they've got the capacity to save, especially if they're not paying a lot of money on groceries and rent. Uh, so they can still have their spare change for their partying, 
but they're the money they save by living at home, not paying that rent. These parents who are all quite successful in their own right and quite disciplined in doing that have actually gone and set those things up for their kids as well. Yeah. So in other words, we'll support you, but we, here's the goal for me as a parent to get you out of home. <laughs> so it's, uh, Key for every parent. Yeah, exactly right. But what it also does too, and this is something a lot of people don't think of, is that it actually helps build uh, their kids' uh, credit rating. So when they do go and need that mortgage, they've had a $50,000 loan, they've paid off over three years, they go to get that mortgage, they've already got a great credit rating. And a great credit rating certainly helps secure a great loan. It certainly does, and it can it can affect people when they go to get a loan if they haven't paid their bills and they have, you know skip things out and they if they haven't paid their bills number one Jamie but also the fact that if they actually don't have any credit history yeah I mean you know when we we're sitting here looking at borrowing funds to buy a business and the bank manager said you're my worst nightmare as a client I said why is that and he goes because you don't have any debt he said you know you've got no debt you've had no debt for several years um, as a bank manager I want you to have debt. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. So it's a, but but the fact is, is that I still had a good credit rating. Yeah. So I was able to obtain the debt at a ridiculously low interest rate to be able to do what we wanted to do in the business. So it's um it's good. <laughs> Tony, thank you for well, today. Let's put it this way. I remember interest rates are seventeen yeah. percent. Anything anything below six, yeah. I think, is ridiculously <laughs> low. So old school, mate. Old so, school. Tony, yeah. thanks for your podcast today and some exciting things coming up. Wonderful.